Now, I hope you'll agree with me that the music has been great tonight. I want to thank so much Dean and those sitting either side of me down here around the front who have been leading us so helpfully and so beautifully in the singing of some psalms tonight. And maybe you've had a favorite psalm that has been sung over the course of this service, a favorite arrangement, and that's just been a little bit of heaven for you as you've been listening to that and singing. So thank you. But we're going to hear some more really good music, maybe almost up there with what we've been hearing tonight. Think back just a few weeks ago to the coronation of King Charles, and we'll listen to a little bit of the opening music in the coronation. Crown made of solid gold. Um, maybe if they'd drafted Dina as the director of music for the day, it would have been even better and even more uplifting. Um, but it is pretty amazing to hear that. And to hear those words as well, we're going to flick across to my um, screen here, to hear those words as well. Words that have been used at the beginning of each coronation, stretching all the way back to the first Charles in 1626. And this particular arrangement, Sir Hubert Parry's arrangement, first used in the coronation of Queen Elizabeth, uh, the second in 1953, and now again for the coronation of the current King Charles. That's the history. But, but what amazing words. I was glad, glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But I wonder, do you ever find yourself somewhere you don't want to be? I have to say a little bit of the, the kind of picture or candid picture of the king just before he arrived into the coronation that day. It kind of looked as if he was maybe not necessarily wanting to be there. But have you ever found yourself in a place where you absolutely don't want to be? I used to get sent on courses with work in the place that I worked before I went into the ministry. And honestly, some of those courses were absolutely terrible. You know what it's like. 
and you go and you spend a whole day and you're doing all these kind of crazy exercises and team building things and all the rest of it. And honestly, some of that really did my head in. Or have you ever watched a movie or a program and it's completely useless so that when you're walking out of the cinema or when you're switching your TV off, you think, well, there's 90 minutes of my life that I'll never get back. But I wonder, how did you feel about coming here tonight, coming to this place over the course of this Lord's Day? And well done on being here, by the way. I'm sure you feel pretty good that you're amongst that number of people who have come back a second time to our evening service here in Connor. But here is that challenging quotation at the beginning of Psalm 122, because, of course, those words that were ringing out in the abbey on that day, those words that started and kicked off the whole of the coronation ceremony and service are words that are taken directly from God's Word, from this psalm that we have just read in verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Or as the NIV puts it, and some of you will read that version, I rejoiced. I rejoiced. I was really glad to go to the house of the Lord. Now, who of us can say that? Who of us has arrived here tonight, arrived here over the course of this day with real enthusiasm and joy and excitement? Was it the case for you that when you woke up this morning that your first thought was, yeah, it's Sunday, it's great, it's the Lord's day? And maybe because you are here tonight, you feel that that challenging question isn't really a challenge for you, that it's one of those sermons that should be preached on the outside of the building with as loud a PA system as possible, addressed to the many hundreds of people around us in our community and the dozens of people connected to our congregation who are simply not here on the Lord's Day and certainly not here on a Sunday evening. And those are concerning things, but they're things that can lead to us being smug. Isn't that the truth? There are things that can lead us to thinking, I'm here, I'm involved in worship, I'm an attender, and so this question is not really a question for me. But remember that as important as attendance is, and attendance is important, it's good to have you here. It is about attitude, the way in which we come, the mindset with which we arrive to worship our great God. And so the enthusiasm of the psalmist and his fellow worshipers at the beginning of this psalm is such a challenge. It's not a case of, I made sure that I went up to the house of the Lord, or I agreed to go along to the house of the Lord. I was glad I rejoiced when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. That's a challenge for those of us 
who are in leadership in this church, beginning with myself, that we teach God's Word in an engaging way, that we worship the Lord in an engaging way that would make people actually want to come to church and engage in worship. But that's only a small part of it. The late great A.W. Tozer said it's difficult to get people to attend a meeting where God is the only attraction. It's a challenge for us in leadership, but primarily the sentiment and the attitude of the psalmist at the beginning of this psalm is a challenge for you, a challenge for all of us gathered here tonight. Have we got the right attitude when it comes to worshiping the Lord? Well, let's for a moment consider Psalm 122. This would have been a song that was sung by pilgrims who were heading up to the temple in Jerusalem. This would have been a special time in their lives and in the life of God's people. It was a bit like Keswick at Port Stewart or New Horizon or some big Christian gathering or conference or event. And so while this psalm does not relate to regular week-in, week-out attendance at and involvement in worship, there are still principles from this psalm that apply to us as we seek to gather to worship the Lord together. Remember that Jerusalem was for the Israelites, that's the, the church of the Old Testament, God's people of the Old Covenant. It was what the church is for believers in Christ, God's people today. So, how can we get excited about church? How can we get excited about coming and meeting together to worship the Lord? Well, the very strong idea of temple worship, and this is a psalm that relates to going to the temple to worship God, the big, big idea of temple worship was the idea of meeting with God, coming near to God, coming into the Lord's presence. And it prompts a question, and it is the fundamental question when it comes to the kind of attitude we will have in worshiping the Lord. When you come to meet with the Lord, are you coming as a friend or as a stranger? Verse 4, the psalmist proclaims all the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. And it's that phrase that I want to pick up on. The Lord's people are the ones who are gathering and who are meeting and who are glad to come and meet together in the worship of the Lord. And of course, that is a big challenge. That is a huge question. Are you one of the Lord's people? In the day of this psalmist, you became one of the Lord's people through birth, through your birth into God's covenant community. Today, it is through a second birth. It comes about through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it makes sense that if you have no love for the Lord, then you will have no enthusiasm or joy in coming to meet with Him. 
And so the first and the fundamental question is, do you need a new start? The start that is found through the Lord Jesus Christ. But then what do we come to church to do? Well, we need to read the whole of verse 4. This, or that is where the tribes go up. It's talking about Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. And then the next bit, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. Or as we read in that newer version, the Christian Standard Bible, the ordinance of the Lord. So when we come here, first and foremost, we come to worship. And we need to understand from this psalm that our worship is both a response and a requirement. Our worship of God in the first instance is and should be a response to what He has done for us. It should be our natural praise and thanksgiving because we have been redeemed through the blood of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be glad to be here because we recall God's grace at work in our life. We reflect on what it is the Lord has done for us in Christ. But that is not all. It is also a requirement. And we need to understand that, that the Lord commands us to engage and worship together. That's so important to note, because in our time, that is part of the reason why we come to worship that is readily dismissed. The big emphasis is, well, you know, you can't force people to go to church. And in our own lives, we should only go to church because we want to, not because we have to. In fact, I've heard people say that to me. And they've said, well, you know, it would be hypocritical of me or it would be wrong for me to come along to church when I don't really feel like it. And so that's why I've been going to do something else. That's a crazy, crazy argument. We should go to church because we want to, yes, as a response, but also because we have to. It is a command. It is a statute, an ordinance, whatever way you want to translate that particular word. There is a real strength to that word in the original Hebrew in this psalm. Because if we ignore the requirement part, here is the problem. The people will say, well, I don't really feel like going to church today. I remember when I was in Waringstown, there was a, a cycling club from the church. And in the summer months, they met at 7.45 on a Saturday morning. Now, the truth is, I knew that cycling is something that's good for me. I knew that once I actually got out of bed and went to all the trouble of doing all of the things that need to be done and meeting them where we met, it would actually be fun. It would be good to see these people. But I didn't always feel like going. 
And when it comes to church, the simple truth is we need to go even when we don't feel like it because God tells us to be there. And then when we come, we come first and foremost to praise the Lord. But then there's another thing in this psalm, and we're going to finish with this. We come to pray for God's people, and we come to pray for our place of worship. So if we translate this across the application for us, listen again to the the second part of the psalm from verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there peace, may there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. So another reason why we gather here together is for one another's blessing and good, that we pray for the work of the kingdom. We pray for the life and the witness of this church. And we do that not only when we gather here on the Lord's Day to worship, we do that at the other times when we are given opportunities to to meet together in the name of the Lord Jesus to pray. And, And I, once again, threw out that huge challenge to my brothers and sisters in Christ here tonight to come and to be part of the prayer life, the corporate prayer life. And I know that you will pray, but we don't see you pray or we don't hear you pray or we don't know your support in praying. That's why praying together is so important because of the blessing that it brings to one another, the encouragement that we find in praying together, and because it is absolutely central to the life and the witness and the future of this congregation. How do you feel about being here tonight? And what is your attitude when it comes to worshiping the Lord, to gathering with His people? Are you amongst that number? So does it just make sense for you to be here? Because this is meeting with the one who loves you, whose love you've experienced in Christ, the one that you love in your life. May we be a church that does the most important things in the right way. And may that begin with worshiping the Lord together and doing that in a way that brings him great honor and amazing glory to his son. In Jesus' name, we think of all of these things and we say, Amen.